So let's pray together, okay? Heavenly Father, God, please be in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for the worship so far, Father, being able to sing and praise your name, being able to pray for others. Lord, fellowshipping with each other. God, loving on our children as, as we thank you for allowing them to, to be born into the families you've given them and for the families to bring them to church, Father. And God, now we open your word Lord, there's some places in Scripture that reveal to us what is ahead. God, I thank you that as your children, we know that we are safe and secure in your son's arms and that he will come for us at the right time. And Father, I pray today as we study again about that last moment in human history when the unbelieving world has to stand before the righteous judge your son, Jesus. God, awaken us to the fact that, Lord, this is going to come and happen because it is in your word and you do not lie. And God, I pray for those that might be here today that have not yet trusted Christ as Savior. Lord, I pray that this sermon will not be intimidating or coercive, but it would be proclaiming the truth in love and by the power of your spirit. God, open our eyes to the fact that sin separates us from you, but the blood of Jesus washes that sin away and makes us your child. God, please, please, Lord, speak. For we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let me again read these verses. Revelations chapter 20, beginning with verse 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sit upon it, From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no other place was found for them. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. 
and the dead were judged by what was written in the books, by what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead in them, and they were judged by what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the fire. This is the third message on this passage of Scripture. And I want to just quickly remind you of what we have already learned in the previous two weeks before we begin today. And number one, it has always been God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit's will that no one would stand before this throne of judgment. We know that because God the Father loved the world so much that he sent his Son. He gave his Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John three sixteen. Jesus, God's Son, came to seek and to save the lost. That's Luke 19.10. And God has sent his Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. God's Holy Spirit right now, if you're not a believer, not only the unbelievers within the walls of this church, but around this world, God's Spirit is trying to draw men, women, and children unto himself. And we've already learned that those who've trusted Christ as Savior they're already safely at home with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Old Testament saints that believed in the unmerited grace and mercy of God. The people since the time of Christ that have heard the proclamation of the gospel and they've trusted Jesus. And we've even found that people have been saved during the seven-year tribulation time and even in the thousand-year reign of Christ. They are home safe with the Lord. We've also found out that the Antichrist and the false prophet have been cast into the lake of fire. And again, the lake of fire is hell. That's found in Revelations 19.20. And Satan himself has been cast into the lake of fire in Revelations 20, verse 10. Beginning with verse 11 of Revelations 20, the lost of all ages who have rejected God and his Son, and the wooing of the Holy Spirit, who have rejected the revelation of the Bible and God's witness to them, now stand before the great white throne. Who is the judge? Remember John 5.22, Jesus said, The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. So the judge is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Warren Wiersbe says that these lost sinners who have rejected Christ during their lives will now be judged by him and face eternal death. The one that has been rejected will be the one that will be the judge. What has made the difference between the folks that are in heaven and the folks that will be cast now into the lake of fire? And folks, my answer to that is, is the cross, is the cross. You remember the story of the, the two thieves that were crucified, one on each side of Jesus? Let me read that story to you again. That's Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at Christ, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. 
But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? We are indeed, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due rewards of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. And folks, that picture of these two thieves, one on each side of the Lord Jesus Christ, in a sense describes humanity. One of the thieves saw Jesus as just another man dying on that center cross for some action that he had done that was wrong. But the other thief, by faith, sees that man on the center cross as the Savior of the world. And he asked Jesus to remember him when he enters into his kingdom. That was his way of confession, his way of repentance. And folks, let me remind you of another verse in Hebrews 9, verse 24. This is one of my favorite verses in the book of Hebrews. The writer says, For Christ has entered not into a sanctuary made with hands, a copy of the true one, but into heaven itself. Now listen to this. Now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. When Jesus rose from the dead and went back to heaven, he went there to represent you and I. He died for us, and when we trust him as our personal Savior, when we stand before God, Jesus is the one saying, Father, yes, they were sinners because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but they trusted in my death and in my resurrection to give them eternal life. You see, we cannot get away from the fact that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus the Lord. Would you go to that? That's Romans 6, 23. Folks, there's a decision that has to be made here. We either stand before the Lord Jesus not washed in his blood or, or we have received his death for us and we're given eternal life. So folks, with that in mind... Let's go back and pick up where we left off last, last Sunday. You remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 as we studied about the coming of Christ to rapture his church out of the world. You remember we, we made a number of points from the Bible that when a Christian dies, according, I believe, to the writings of Paul, to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. When a Christian dies, our spirit, our soul, goes immediately to be with the Lord. Our body is left. It is deposited in the ground. But when Jesus comes back to rapture the, the church out of the world, do you remember what's going to happen first? The dead in Christ shall rise first. And so all the believers have been risen and they've been given a spiritual body that is united with their eternal soul. And they're safe at in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. But the ones that refuse Christ, their bodies are still in the ground. And folks, they're resurrected from the dead, not to be taken into heaven, but to stand before this great white throne. 
In the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 2, Daniel says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life. Again, 1 Thessalonians 4, the dead in Christ will rise first. But then he says, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. In John 5, 28 and 29, you remember Jesus said, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of Jesus. You see, all the dead will hear the voice of Christ one day. The believers will hear his voice saying, Arise and come to me. Come to heaven. But the non-believer will hear the voice of Jesus commanding them to come stand before him at this great white throne. So at this moment, all unbelieving dead are summoned to stand before Christ. And John tells us that the books were open. And you've already heard, as I read this, two sets of books are there. In verse 12 and 13, these books that are opened will be used so the dead were judged by what was written in the books by what they had done. In verse 13, all were judged by what they had done. And folks, these books containing the works of the sinners being judged does not mean that these people could have been saved by good works or do enough good works to get into heaven. Then what are these books? What do they contain? And I believe there's two answers to that. Number one, at least two answers. Every sinner will be held accountable for the truth that he or she has heard. Now, again, listen to this, please. Every sinner will be held accountable for the truth he or she has heard in this life. They have personally rejected Jesus and the gospel. And not only Jesus and the gospel, they have rejected God's revelation. God reveals himself in so many, many ways. But every sinner will be held accountable to the truth they have seen and heard in this light. You remember when Jesus stood before Pilate, the creature judged the creator, but now the creature is standing before the creator. And these books also will contain all the deeds and thoughts of the unsaved that will be revealed and judged at the great white throne. You and I as sinners try to hide from our sin and forget our sin and deny our sin But all of our sin unwashed by and in the blood of Jesus will condemn those who have rejected Christ. And I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. And of course, this is probably going to sound real harsh this morning. But listen to Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 to 24. Matthew tells us that then Jesus began to upbraid the cities where most of his mighty works. And mighty works is another expression for miracles. Jesus began to upbraid the cities where most of his miracles had been done because they did not what? They did not repent. And Jesus said, Woe to you, Chloreson, if I'm saying that right. Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, 
they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it shall be more tolerable on the day of just, uh, judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven. You will be brought down to Hades. Folks, listen to the last part of that. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom. Now, when we think of evil cities, we think of Sodom and Gomorrah that God rained down hail and, and brimstone. Jesus said, if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it shall be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. And folks, our world needs to hear this morning the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether people like to hear it or not, is preached 24 hours a day. This generation has had more communication than any other, more communication abilities than any other generation. And the gospel is being proclaimed. The gospel is written. The gospel is proclaimed and preached and and the church is trying to witness to it. But people have a choice. And these standing before the great white throne have rejected the gospel. But John tells us that there was another book there that was opened. It is the book of life mentioned in verse 12 and 15. And I just want to point some things out. And let me just quickly read these scriptures. Luke 10, 20. Jesus says to the disciples that have gone out and they've been able to cast out demons and heal the sick. Jesus said, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but that you, but that your names are written in heaven. Where are our names written in heaven, folks? In the Lamb's book of life. Listen to Philippians chapter 4, verse 3. And I'll just read that last phrase whose names are written in the book of life. And folks, listen to Revelation twenty-one twenty-seven. But nothing unclean shall enter it. He's talking about heaven. Nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Folks, there's a record in heaven of those who have trusted Jesus as their Savior. You remember Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And folks, we can't fool the Lord God. We cannot fool His Son. We cannot fool His Holy Spirit. And so when the judgment is finished, all of the lost will be cast into the lake of fire. That's verse 14 and 15. And not only does it say it's a lake of fire, but it is the second death, which means spiritual death, eternal separation from God. Many people reject the biblical doctrine of hell as being unacceptable, but Jesus did teach about the reality of hell. And let me just give you a couple of quick passages. I know, I know it's past 930, but God has laid on my heart to share. There's just a couple more minutes. Let me read some verses. Matthew 18, 8. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame than for two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. Now let me make sure you understand this verse. Jesus is not suggesting that we amputate any part of our body. Because amputating parts of our body can never change the spiritual condition of our heart. And what Jesus is saying, that we need to let him perform spiritual surgery on ourselves, removing anything that would keep us from forsaking him and rejecting him. 
And let me ask you something. Is there anything that you are allowing in your life to keep you from trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior? You need to cut it off. You need to be rid of it. That's what I think Jesus is saying. And you can, you can put drugs in there, alcohol, sexual immorality, what you watch on TV, which is becoming more and more pornography. I mean, folks, life is about choices. And when we make the wrong choices, there is results. Jesus said to the Pharisees, the mo- most religious people of his day, in Matthew 23, 15 and 33, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you traverse sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as you yourselves. In verse 33, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? And in Matthew 25, verse 46, Jesus said, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Folks, listen. Jesus was always talking about making the right choices. If you and I make the wrong choice, it's a road that leads to destruction. But there's a road that leads to life. And you know how we know that? We've already read it. May I read it one more time? John 3, 16 and following. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting or eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed And you see on that day at the great great white throne, everything's going to be laid bare. The books are open. Everything's exposed. What we thought we got away with, if we're not a believer, it is exposed. And no one, every mouth, as Paul says in Romans, shall be stopped. Listen to what Jesus said in John 5, 24. Truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He He does not come into judgment but it's passed from death unto life. I'm just about finished. And you know, I want to tell you, if the devil right now is telling you you want to get out of here, it might be more than just I'm taking a lot of time. It might be your need to get right with God. That was not in the notes. All right. Warren Wiersbe says the reality of hell is meant to teach us at least three things. And please listen to these. Number one, the righteous, holy character of God. Because he is holy and because he has warned mankind, this is what sin will do if you do not confess it and let Jesus wash it away. He must judge sin. Sin cannot enter into heaven. We're going to learn that next week. Nothing unholy will enter into heaven. And the second thing we learn from the reality of hell, it is the responsibility of every man, woman, on this earth to make the right choice and to choose Jesus. And please understand, God did not make us mindless robots or helpless victims of an angry God, but he created us, giving us freedom to make choices. And I plead with you, please make the right choice. 
Please choose Jesus. And here's a third thing that the reality of hell should teach us. The awfulness of sin. If we saw sin as God sees it, we would understand why hell exists. And I want to read one final paragraph from Warren Wiersbe. In the light of Calvary, no lost sinner can condemn God for casting him into hell. God has provided a way of escape, patiently waiting for sinners to repent. He will not lower his standards or alter his requirements. He has ordained that faith in his son is the only way of salvation. Folks, the gospel is clear and plain. Sin brings death. Sin brings judgment. But the cross of Jesus Christ brings life and forgiveness. Please choose Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the free offer of salvation you give all of us. Knowing that all of us are sinners, all of us deserved to stand before that judgment seat and be cast into hell, but yet, that's not your desire. It is your desire that everyone be born again into the kingdom of God. That sin would not separate us from you. And you provided the way, sending your very own son to this earth to live and to die. And to rise from the dead to show us that he is God. And to show us that there is hope. There is eternal life in him and God in a way that I cannot do please help each of us especially those that have not yet trusted Christ as Savior Lord help them to know that you love them and that Jesus died for them and if they would simply confess that they're a sinner and acknowledge that they can't save themselves and ask Jesus to come into their heart and be their Savior that they would become your child God please in these moments of invitation please speak And God, if someone here needs to trust Christ, I pray that they will. And I pray that you would lead them to make that public. And God, they would live the rest of their life. We as Christians would live the rest of our lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we sing this song, and folks, I I hope you know that what I've said has been shared out of love. It is the word of God. God said it. It's going to take place. It's my responsibility to share it with you. But now it's your responsibility to accept it and to respond to it. I am not in any way trying to force anybody to come down this aisle, but I am trying to encourage you that if you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, and if Jesus is wooing you even in these moments, and you you know what I'm talking about. I don't have to explain that. If the Spirit of God is knocking on the door of your heart saying, you need a Savior, and I'm here to save you. If he is leading you to do that, would you pray? Would you ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you? And would you make it public by coming forward as we sing, Jesus, I come. come. It's number 439. Let the Spirit of God lead you. And if he is, would you come? Let us stand.
earned to, uh, to be, uh, be a member of the church and also to be baptized. Uh, you know, when I think about especially children coming to Christ, it's, it's, it's a team here. You think about Sunday school teachers, you think about uh, RA leaders with guys and GA leaders and mission friends leaders and ACT teams leaders. You think about all the people that are working with young people to come to faith in Christ. You think about Christian parents and grandparents that, that, that pray for them. It, it's, it's, it's God at work. But today I just think I'm so thankful that Jake comes and, and, uh, and, and Jake, we're, we're just honored that you have, have um, come today and, and expressed your faith in Christ and want to join the church. And we just pray for you that the Lord will be so real to you every single day of your life and that he'll use you in a big way. And uh, is there a motion we receive him into the church? Motion. Uh, is there a second? All in favor? I'll rush through that because that's just wrong out there. But Jake, look, we'll set up a date to baptize you. There's several other people that are going to be baptized in the next couple of weeks, okay? And, of course, his mom and dad, uh, Justin and Tara, are down here standing with him. And I know that they're very proud. Uh, Jake has been talking about this for a while. And I'm just glad today, Jake, that you've come. After we have our benediction, uh, we're going to ask you guys to stand down here. And people are going to come just to encourage you and thank you. And uh, just to let you know that they're going to be praying for you, Jake. Thank you so much, y'all, for being here today. Carol Clayton, would you lead us on closing prayer? Praise the Father, we thank you.